raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It is Monday, June 26th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. We're glad you're joining us on this Monday. We are expecting some storms later this afternoon. Nothing as severe as we had yesterday in the area. Let's talk about what's going on with Ron DeSantis. The New Hampshire Federation of Republican Women, they released a statement slamming him. He's planning an event at the same time as their annual fundraising lunch, and uh, Trump is going to be headlining there. The group (laughs) asked Ron DeSantis to reschedule, although he's not going to do that. They said it's always been a hallmark in New Hampshire to be considerate when scheduling events. (laughs) It's always to have a candidate come in and distract from the most special of events is unprecedented. So you're having a guy come in to give your speech who probably couldn't even give the name of your organization and is all about him. Like whether you like Trump, dislike Trump, whatever. I think we all know Trump is in it for For Trump. Trump, right? And you're having him in here, no doubt, because it'll raise a bunch of money for your little group and that's fine that's wonderful it's a it's good marketing it's a good strategy but think about the self-absorption that has to be taking place where there is a presidential primary going on you are the first in the nation pure primary as iowa is a is a hybrid caucus whatever and you're giving ron DeSantis the business because well how dare you do something at the same time as our fundraiser. We are, right? And it's not even, it's across the state in a different location. Well, that was even. my other point. It's not like, you know, he's at uh, the JW Marriott and and Trump is going to be at Victory Field. Mm-hmm. It'd be the equivalent of if you were in, now again, New Hampshire is not as big as the state of Indiana, but it'd be the equivalent of like, he's going to be in Fort Wayne mm-hmm. and you're in Indianapolis. Yeah. How dare you, sir? <laughs> You're taking our thunder away. Well, ap- uh, apparently a couple of the women from this uh, pack group have resigned because they're not that's not what they do. They don't rip on any of the candidates. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they've done that. They well, tweeted out and then they said, "Oh boy, we're in trouble now." So they left. Well, it would you would tend to think we are the first in the nation primary. We would want as many of these people in our state as much as possible. And look, you have Donald Trump. Okay, so you have the overwhelming front runner for your party's nomination. You have the biggest name in politics. I think you could make a compelling case that Trump is now the most recognizable person in the entire world. And you're mad because some guy's going to be on the other side of the state. Mm Boy, I bet those women are lovely. Can you imagine being married to any of them? (laughs) Fun to hang out with. Well, Ron DeSantis, he was speaking at the Faith and Freedom Coalition, and he said that winning is the most important thing. So this is the case, right? Uh, This is DeSantis's, he seems to really have positioned himself to go forward with this. And we talked about several weeks ago when he announced There are many different ways he can try to run this campaign. And I think if it's going to work, the most compelling argument you have to people is to try to try to speak to their sense senses in the sense of 
how many times would you like evidence put right in front of you that in a general election, this guy or people associated with this guy underperform Republicans not directly associated with this guy? And that seems to be the path that DeSantis is going to go down. Yeah, well, they're finally exchanging barbs and DeSantis isn't holding back anymore. And we heard, you know, there was going to be the red wave, the red tsunami, and it didn't happen. And now DeSantis is saying, hey, listen, I'm a winner. Trump isn't. Yeah, t- uh, let's uh, let's listen to a little bit of what he had to say, and then let's do, as we say in the biz, let's do a deep dive. Okay. But here's the deal. None of this matters if we don't win. There is no substitute for victory. Uh, we cannot continue with the culture of losing where we lose winnable races. We have 49 Republican senators right now. We should have 55 Republican senators, and we would have been able to stop a lot of Biden's nonsense if we had that. In Florida, we've created a culture of winning. When I became governor, Florida was a one-point state, and I won by 32,000 votes. People told me in a close state, you got to trim your sails. Uh, you can't be bold. Uh, just don't, don't make waves. I understand why they said that. But I rejected that advice. I earned 100% of the executive power, and I set out to use it. And we advanced a bold agenda. We delivered fantastic results. And fast forward four years later, we didn't win by 32,000 votes. We won by over 1.5 million votes, the largest landslide in Florida Republican gubernatorial history. Look, I think he touches on all the things there, right? And I, one thing he did, he is doing more direct now is pointing out how I did much better on my own than when I did with Donald Trump's endorsement. Right. I don't need his help. I did better without him. I, I snuck by when I was affiliated with the guy. And then when I went on my own, it was a landslide victory. And I lifted everybody up with me. Now, I thought, Casey that that would be a compelling argument to the populace that we've had a terrible time winning under Donald Trump. Donald Trump did beat the most unlikable candidate in American history in Hillary Clinton. But other than that, Donald Trump and the people affiliated with Trump have underperformed non-Trump aligned candidates. And we should look, if we do indeed desire to hold the White House and lift ourselves up to majorities in the Senate. We need someone as the face of the party who does not have the high level of unlikables of a Donald Trump. Okay, well, there's this new NBC poll that came out, and it says that a majority of Republican voters would vote for Trump in the primary. He got 51% as the top choice, and Ron DeSantis came in second with 22. Okay, so we're going to play you a little bit of this. Chuck Todd was on with Meet the Press. Chuck Todd. He is on his way out, but he's still on Meet the Press, and This poll, again, is fascinating because it is telling poll after poll after poll is telling Americans what we are telling our listening audience. And we always say polling is a snapshot of a moment of time. You got to take it with a grain of salt. But when you see poll after poll after poll after poll tell you the same thing, you start to go, wow, there's probably something to this. And what poll after poll after poll is telling um, uh, the populace is that Americans despise Joe Biden. They do not like him. They do not want him to remain president. They think he's doing a terrible job. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. if the Republicans are going to force them to make a choice between Biden and Trump, the, the Americans are begging for another choice 
to Joe Biden that is not Donald Trump. However, if you force them to make the choice, they will choose Biden over Trump. The Republicans have the information now. If you are someone who wants Joe Biden out of the White House, the information is abundantly clear. You need to get off the Trump train. Absolutely. Start coalescing behind someone else. And this poll is another example of how DeSantis is doing much better than Trump is doing. Last four years is still true today. And in this poll, the best thing for a Biden re-election campaign continues to be the presence of Donald Trump. Just 20% of voters believe this country is headed in the right direction. 74% say the nation is on the wrong track. Let me tell you something about this moment. We have had this sustained period of 70% about a year now. Uh, The last two periods in the history of this poll that we've had this kind of sustained negativity about the direction of the country was before the 92 election and before the 2008 election. Both of those changed the party controlling the White House. Now, let's get into more of the poll. Biden's job rating sits at just 43 percent, about where it's been since the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Fifty three percent disapprove. Uh, A full 68 percent of voters, including 43 percent of Democrats now. Uh, which is twice what it was in 2020, say they are concerned that Biden does not have the necessary mental and physical health to be president. For what it's worth, when we ask the same question about Donald Trump, who's just a couple of years younger than Joe Biden, a majority also have concerns, but it is 55 percent, a full 13 points lower than the concerns over um, President Biden. But in 2020, Biden won uh, more because of who he wasn't than of who he was. And in a head-to-head matchup, Biden leads Trump by the same four points that he defeated him by in 2020-49-45 in a matchup against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. You can see here it's 47-47. And most importantly, DeSantis is doing much better in the swing states. He's winning every single one of the swing states where Trump is losing in those swing states. So you can't, you can, look, you can't say because the poll is brutal to Biden. If you actually look at the poll, you can't say, well, it's, it's NBC. Well, they're being absolutely awful to Biden in everything other than how he does against Donald Trump. So you can either accept that this poll is telling you people hate Biden, but they will not vote for Trump because they dislike Trump even more. And you can do with whatever you want to do with that information, or you can do as the Trump only voter tends to often do, which is go conspiracy. No, <laughs> they're telling you people hate Biden. Mm-hmm. They're telling you people don't want Biden to be president. But what they are also telling you is that if you force them to choose between Trump and Biden, they will choose Joe Biden. So we don't like Biden, but we don't like Trump. No, okay. So four percent—that's almost within the margin of error. But seventy-four percent say the country is on the wrong track. It's been that way for over a year now. Would that include the midterms? Well, that would be uh, that would be right, Casey, because yeah. we just had, and the midterms were a great example in which Trump aligned candidates for the most part, dramatically underperformed people who were not affiliated with Trump. Now, this poll, one more clip from this, Mm -hmm. shows exactly what we've been telling people, is that DeSantis can get the voters who make the difference in the elections that Donald Trump cannot get. Meanwhile, the groups where Trump does lag behind DeSantis in that matchup against Joe Biden do offer another warning side for Trump and the Republican Party if he is the nominee. Because they represent the most, uh, uh, most of the persuadable electorate. They're independent. They're women without college degrees, voters over 65, swing state voters, and voters who say they only somewhat disapprove of Joe Biden's presidency. So like the soccer moms and office park dads of past cycles, this cycle's key swing voter may be these somewhat disapprovers. 
because they were huge in the 2022 midterms. And right now they're picking Biden over Trump. So they somewhat disapprove of Biden, but they're not in love with Trump, independence, and not college educated. It's everything we've been telling people now for six months. It's, you, do, you don't need a poll to tell you this. It is just common sense. There are people who are casually, they are the casual political engager is what I call them. They're not in, they don't watch, you know, Fox News or MSNBC or whatever every day. They're not deeply engaged in talk radio and they're not happy about the direction of the country, but they loathe Donald Trump. And so these people, and I know we got to get to a break. You have two options here. The data is abundantly clear at this point. You could have 100 other polls and they're going to tell you the same thing. People do not like Biden. They want something different. If you force them to make a choice between Biden and Trump, they will choose Biden. Even though they don't like him. So do you want to win? If you want to win, you have to pick someone other than Trump. It does not mean you have to pick a liberal. It means you have to pick someone other than Trump. And the Republicans are really good at snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, so they'll probably pick Trump. It's 19 after 9. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Yes. It's 924 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and the Hot Summer Nights Tour. Rolled in to Ruoff over the weekend. Sean Kingston, also known as Shaggy, he opened the show. It was brief. And he said, hello, Noblesville, Illinois. Wait, is that it? No, Indiana. Uh, <laughs> Wrong state, dude, but uh, welcome to town. Okay, and so, look, I am totally going to freely admit this. High school Rob Kendall quoting shaggy angel lyrics mm-hmm. to various female cohorts like it's going out of style. Uh-huh. I mean, I can't tell you how far I got on, hey, babe, life's one big party when you're still young. But who's going to have your back when it's all done? <laughs> so I, I'm saying this as a, a, a person who got a lot of mileage mm-hmm. when it came to creating interpersonal relationships with the opposite sex out of shaggy lyrics. It's interesting that you would quote Angel. I would go the other way with <laughs> quoting, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Here is my question, though. Yeah. So it is. let's say Mick Jagger comes. To, I think the party foul is relevant to your relevance. Okay. And what I mean by this is let's say Mick Jagger, who is a world traveler, who one night might be in Boston and the next night might be in Detroit and the next night might be in Indianapolis. Let's say he makes the mistake. Mm-hmm. Bad, but okay. You're Mick Jagger. We're going to forgive you because you're going to rip roar right into satisfaction and we're all going to forget about it. Okay. This guy had like two songs yeah. 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. 
don't you need to get it right because you need the people a lot more than they need you? Yes, exactly. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. You would think that somebody, as he was going on stage, would be like, huh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Instead, it was like he read the poster or something. Like, yeah, like, no, Wolfsville, where are we? You know, he acts like he's the guy in the Jackson Brown song, The Loadout, where just each night, you know, he's, he's in a different city. <laughs> Smoking something. Because he, he was... Te- Somebody like Taylor Swift would never allow that unprofessionalism to happen on her tour. It is... <laughs> don't start. Um, well, she wouldn't. Well, okay. But the point is, this guy, it was a terrible, <laughs> terrible faux pas. Mm-hmm. And I I just... Uh, this is an... Un- I mean, if you are a level of the shaggy, the shaggy, mm-hmm. if you are a level of shaggy... Yeah. And you're like the third act... Because TLC, I think, was the headliner. This was not, it was, you see these a lot of times, like bands from the 80s or 90s. They can't, they can't garner big. By themselves. Venues a big by tour. themselves. Yes, yeah, they correct. have to, they have to have a, a coalition of bands. Uh, well, yeah. And since he's the warm up, you would think he would do his best job to warm up the yeah. crowd. Yeah. Uh, but, and I know we got to get to a break. So, I, but I do want to just, leave everybody with this sort of lyrical brilliance okay you know a classic never goes out of style so Mm -hmm. if there is some young guy out there hearing my voice right now and you want to have the level of just in enamor is enamoration is that even a word i think i just may have made up a word it is now donnie burgess is in there smiling because he knows it's absolutely true what i'm about to read to you if you look if you want to have women's underwear thrown in your direction, here's all you got to all you got to rip out. Are you ready? Yes. You're a queen, and so you should be treated. Ah, though you never get the loving that you needed. Mm-hmm. Look at you go. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Twenty-seven <laughs> after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. Chris Christie. He got booed, and we've got it for you coming up. Are you telling me that Shaggy and Sean Kingston are two different people? Did I misspeak on that? That is correct. Sean Kingston had a hit called, uh, is it Beautiful Girl? Yeah, Beautiful Girl, yeah. He's a completely different guy. Totally different people. All right, sorry about that. But that's okay. Shaggy was in concert. We're going to play them all for you today. You'll be fine. They're both from Jamaica, I believe. Okay. We're having a Shaggy day today? Well, and then we're going to have some Sean Kingston. Okay. You're going to be so equipped to have I'll have all the knowledge now irrelevant 90s early 2000 Jamaican artist conversations at your next social gathering Kevin what is Shaggy's real name you had uh, that information yeah, moments was, ago it was Orville <laughs> Burrell okay so that explains it was why. Orville Richard Burrell okay yep. and that's why he goes by Shaggy fantastic hey uh Donald Trump he was given an award over the weekend it's 935 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC <laughs> don't you picture it being like in uh Christmas story a major he, award fragile it's the leg I think it says fragile Trump is the sort of guy who would totally do that too mm-hmm. if he got a leg limb look at this major award he was honored uh, with a man of the decade award <laughs> This happened at the Oakland County Republican Party Lincoln Day Dinner in Novi. Oh. Um, And that's a suburb of Detroit. Uh Uh-huh. The dude went to Novi High School, by the way. No kidding. He did. Uh, But while he was there giving his speech in Michigan, uh, Donald Trump, he he was uh, (laughs) railing against a mounting list of villains. And the villains include electric vehicles, radical left lunatics, and all of his presidential rivals. (laughs) 
<laughs> so what were the three again? Electric vehicles, radical left lunatics, and his rivals, presidential rivals. Uh huh. So we put them all together, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like this whole thing is like like a bad. It's a, it is a bad sitcom. It's almost when I say bad sitcom, there are certain shows that are so awful you have to watch them. Like they are. I, in many ways, think all, it's always sunny in Philadelphia was almost like this, where it's so ridiculous at no point. There are certain, like a Seinfeld, you could get engrossed in the characters and you would say, okay, yes, they're ridiculous, but it's realistic enough that that you can you can get immersed in it. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. The whole time you're watching Danny DeVito as Frank Reynolds, you're saying to yourself, there's no way that's a real person. That's not real. There's no co- way collectively any of these people could exist in some modern form of success that they have found owning a bar. Danny DeVito's character supposedly made a million dollars at one point in his life. Like, there's just no way. And that is what this presidential primary is quickly becoming. It is as though it is a real life episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's unserious. Well, this was the first time that Trump was back in Michigan. Uh, You know, they helped him win in 2016. The state flipped to Biden in 2020. And that's like the first time in 40 years that Michigan went blue. And here is what is developing in this Republican primary. There are obviously two guys who have a realistic shot. One is Ron DeSantis. The other is Donald Trump. Trump obviously way ahead of DeSantis right now. And there are two narratives that their campaigns have begun parroting. And it will be interesting to see whether emotion or common sense wins out. So the DeSantis narrative, as we've talked about earlier, is the common sense narrative. The data shows you this. Poll after poll shows you this. The previous election show you this, in which the American public is desperate for someone other than Joe Biden and would likely support anyone not named Donald Trump to be that alternative. The Trump narrative is you are getting screwed. You have been screwed. And... Uh, I am the guy that they fear the most because I will stop them from screwing you going mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. So like you have two narratives that are emerging here and it, it appears thus far the Trump narrative is resonating more with the people mm-hmm. rather than this guy keeps losing. Please don't pick him again. Yeah. Well, it's almost like Trump is saying, you know, I'll be the human shield for you. Yes. I'm the one who's going to my broad shoulders. I will carry this for you because if I'm not here, they're coming straight for you. So Trump was at that. What is it? Faith and Freedom Coalition. The yeah. Same thing. DeSantis it was in Georgia. Yes. Where DeSantis made the case. This guy keeps losing and I'm tired of losing. Please don't pick him again. I win. I'd like to win. You know, it's like Adam Sandler and the Wedding Singer. I like money. I have a little of it. I keep it in a jar by, by my refrigerator. I'd like more of it. That's where you come in. I mean, that was Ron DeSantis. He's like, please, poll right. after poll after poll after poll, yeah. and election after election shows Americans at large want anybody other than Biden, other than this guy. Mm-hmm. This is the like the one guy. Mm-hmm. It's the gremlins. You can feed them whenever. Just don't feed them after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody just keeps feeding him after yes. midnight. Here, so here is Trump, and he is using the argument that his enemies want to stop him uh, because he's the only one who can stop them. Never forget, our enemies want to stop me because I'm the only one who can stop them. And I'm stopping them because of you. I didn't need this. I didn't need it. If these corrupt persecutions succeed... They will complete their takeover of this country and destroy your way of life forever. And that's where it's going. That's where it's going. It's a disgrace. They want to take 
away my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom. It's very simple. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. And in the end, they're not after me. They're after you. And I just happen to be standing in their way. That's all it is. That's all it is. Very simple. I can see why this resonates with so many people, because when you hear Trump speak, you get the impression that he is fighting for you. Yeah. When you hear Biden speak and mumble and gaff through it, you get the impression he's fighting against you. And he's right in the sense they are after you. They do hate you. But you had this and this is where nobody can fill in the the end of this little paragraph for me. Okay, so he's right about that. Absolutely, without a doubt, there is a weaponization that has taken place inside the federal government against regular people, against conservatives, against liberty-minded people. Absolutely, 100%. However, you were president of the United States for four years. And it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I got in there and I had no idea. Up until the very end, you were still appointing people who you, on the regular, go out and badmouth now, like Bill Barr. Mm Mm-hmm. Many of us said at the time, I remember I was sitting here with the two women at the time, waving our hands. Hey, that seems like a bad idea. No, no, Trump knows what he's doing. Bill Barr's a badass, Rob. No, no, he seems really, really establishment-y. No, Trump knows what he's doing. And yet, now here we are. Bill Barr's awful. Bill Barr's terrible. Uh, You know, again, all the usual suspects that Trump appointed. You were president. Mm Mm-hmm. You put these people in positions of power. And now how the turntables, right? <laughs> so Chris Christie, I love this. Chris Christie went up, uh, it was speaking at this uh, little convention. Yep. And he... <laughs> he said there was a failure of leadership. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he used Trump by name and the people weren't too thrilled about that. I'm running because he's let us down. He has let us down because he's unwilling He's unwilling to take responsibility for any of the mistakes that were made, any any of the faults that he has, and any of the things that he's done. And that is not leadership, everybody. That is a failure of leadership. And I, you can boo all you want, but here's the thing. Our faith teaches us that people have to take responsibility for what they do. People have to stand up and take accountability for what they do. And I, I cannot stand by. And as soon as I've started to be critical, after all of that, and after you offered me White House Chief of Staff, now what he does is call me names and belittle me. And I will tell you, if all you do, if all you do is disagree, with someone, and in return you get that kind of treatment, I've joined a great list of Americans like Rex Tillerson and Jim Mattis and Mark Esper and Mick Mulvaney and John Kelly and all the rest. And you can love him all you want, but I will tell you, I will tell you that doing those kind of things makes our country smaller. Why do I always feel like I'm getting yelled at whenever Chris Christie speaks? Like, I'm in trouble. He cannot stand by and watch this happen. He's doing it for us. What he's doing is watering down the field. He is. 
<laughs> there's a famous song in the 1960s. This was mid-60s. It was an obscure one-hit wonder called The Cheater. Mm-hmm. And the song is basically about this this guy is singing it about this other guy who takes everyone else's women and leaves every single woman that he is with brokenhearted and they all feel exactly the same. And at the end of the song, the guy says, hey, there's going to come a day where the cheater is going to get cheated and he he will feel it. And I feel like Chris Christie is the guy singing the song The Cheater mm-hmm. where he's saying, look, this is what this guy does to every single person that he comes in contact with who dare ever have a differing opinion from him. And yet all the women, despite the evidence, continue to want to be with the cheater. And and the guy at the end, in the end of the song, The Cheater, just keeps saying, there will come a day mm-hmm. where the women will wake up right. and realize who the cheater is. I kind of feel like that's who Chris Christie is because Chris Christie is so unlikable. Like as a individual, as a human being, he is so wholly unlikable. Yet in this case, he is right. Yes. He is right. Yes, but Trump makes people feel good. Chris Christie makes people feel bad. I, I agree, but you know me, Casey. I love as many differing opinions as possible, and I love the Straight Talk Express, and I love people having to earn it inside of the primary. I think Chris Christie is a very valuable resource in this primary because he's actually saying things that are true. Every person who comes in trying to help Trump, if they have any disagreement with Trump, they get on his bad side. And look at then how they are treated. Yeah. That is not, that is not, that is a king, right? That is a guy, a, a, someone who wants to rule by fiat and you have to kiss his backside. And if you dare question him, then you're out of here. So I, I think Chris Christie, while a doofus and a loser, is serving a very valuable purpose inside of this primary because he's not backing down. He's telling you, this guy is the cheater. Well, how many times have we said Donald Trump demands loyalty at all costs, 100%, no matter what. And the second you turn against him, you're out. Trump did go on and mock Chris Christie after he got booed off stage. Hey, Ralph. I have to ask Ralph a question. Were your other candidates treated this way? I don't think. <laughs> the showman. Actually, I it. saw one who was booed off the stage. He was booed off. I don't think they were and, and there is the part of me who grew up loving Andy Kaufman who watches this and goes, Gosh darn it, I can't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. And I need more of it. And then there's the part of me that goes, but he can't win. Yeah. And he's going to be the nominee and we're going to lose again and it's going to be four more. I'm just totally torn right now, Casey. I am totally torn on Trump. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, 
jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So, you know, Adam Schiff was censured, and what was one of the first things he did afterwards? He ran to The View and said he was doing pretty damn well. It's 10 minutes in front of 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He told the host that the GOP goes after people they think are effective. Oh, yeah. That's why sure. That's why the GOP went after him. So that's the message that comes not only from him, but also from Nancy Pelosi. Oh! Old fancy pants Nancy. Uh, she said that he got censured uh, not because he lied repeatedly, None of that. Nothing about fake evidence that doesn't exist. No. It's uh, because Trump made the Republicans do it. The fact is, is that when we had this vote, was it a week ago, it lost the vote to censure Adam Schiff. Mm -hmm. The word is, and I don't know because I'm less forced to speak about what goes on among the Republicans, but the word is Donald Trump forces weighed in and now the vote changed because they're protecting the um, unpatriotic, unscrupulous uh, behavior of Donald Trump. Okay, Nancy Pelosi always sounds like she's liquored up. Can we agree? (laughs) I mean, she always sounds like there's some sort of slur Mm -hmm. or just something's off about her. Uh, that's number She's one. very tired. Number two, I love, this is another example of these people's ability to look the entire society in the eye and just lie. She knows exactly why the vote didn't pass the first time. People like Thomas Massey were very clear. We're not voting for this because we believe the, the monetary fine is unconstitutional. Right. They wanted to fine him $16 million. Nobody, nobody had to weigh in. And Thomas Massey and a whole bunch of other people, right or wrong, said if you remove the fine, we will then vote for this. No problem. Nobody weighed in. Nobody influenced anyone. Adam Schiff should have been censured because he lied. Now, he should be kicked off every committee, not just intelligence. And there's a strong case to be made. He should be booted out of the U.S. Congress. Well, he's a danger to national national security at this point. Absolutely. He looked, he as a member of the intelligence uh, committee, on a daily basis, looked America in the eye and lied Mm -hmm. about information. Mm -hmm. There is no, oh, no, there's, you know, different opinions. No, he lied. Everybody knows he lied. He claimed he had clear-cut evidence of a collusion by Donald Trump when he was president of the United States. He accused Donald Trump of treason on a daily basis and had absolutely no evidence whatsoever to offer, and he knew that at the time. That is why Adam Schiff has been censured. Much worse should happen to him because he accused the president of the United States of treason, and he knew he was lying about it. I mean, think about who you have in office. You've got people like Adam Schiff, who lied for three years. you got that George Santos, who lied (laughs) up and down on his resume. I mean, you've got the president who had, you know, no idea about his son's business deal. Oh, except for the WhatsApp text that he was in the room. And I mean, it's just looking straight into the camera and lying to you without a problem at all. Absolutely. All right. So uh, other uh, real quick here, uh, when we're talking about intellectual mega giants, Amy Klobuchar, she is a senator from uh, Minnesota, Mm -hmm. and she was on with Chuck Todd on uh, Meet the Press over the weekend. And she said, Casey, with a straight face, (laughs) she has absolutely no concerns about Biden's mental faculties. 
We got a new poll out. Uh, we asked various questions having to do with President Biden and his ability to do the job. Uh, does he have the mental and physical health to serve? Um, the concern among Democrats has doubled since October 2020. It was only one in five Democrats that had that concern before Election Day 2020. It's now over 40 percent. It's 43 percent. Um, you were just with the president at the state dinner. What are, do you have any concerns? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, he did so well at that state dinner. Um, I think we all saw his power at the State of the Union. Our party is united behind him. Why? Because we work in a results-oriented business, Chuck, and he has gotten results. Yes, we love the inflation. We love the high <laughs> gas prices. Those results, 68%. So Chuck Todd was talking about his own NBC poll. 68% of voters say they are concerned that he doesn't have the mental and physical health to be president, including 55% who said they have major concerns. It's one thing to say things are bad and it's someone else's fault. It's another thing to go, everything is fine. The results have been great. Mm -hmm. We're very pleased at how everything is going. And I'm going to shut up now because Beautiful Girl is on. <laughs> hey, when we come back, Casey, we got to talk We got to talk about how um, conservative women are way better looking than liberal women. <laughs> is that a statement from you or are you citing well, a source? Well, I, 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 <laughs> we'll get to I, the source. I don't source. know people's appearances, Casey. I don't know. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.